إن يوم الفصل كان مير disbelievers everything that was different from here Allah سبحانه وتعالى will differentiate between them يوم الفصل it separates it divides the حق from the truth the believers from the disbelievers Allah سبحانه وتعالى will separate between them كان ميقاتا Allah سبحانه وتعالى says يوم الفصل كان ميقاتا is a fixed Time. What's fixed here? It can carry two meanings. It can carry the one that we all know that it's fixed at a fixed time that only Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows. Right? Miqata inna yom al fasli kana miqata means it's going to come at a time when only Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows. La taatiyukum illa baqta. It will only come suddenly. And the second meaning is that the day itself will be for a fixed period of time. Kana miqdaruhu. So he carries both of these meanings. Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah in his tafsir, he mentions at the end of this ayah, he said, this ayah, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has fixed an appointment for this dunya, that it will come and it will pass, then we should look within ourselves and how our life is passing by day by day. How we should look at our lives and they are passing day by day. In this country, there's this overarching belief, the belief in the birthday. The children, they teach them at a very young age how to celebrate their birthday. And they say, you are now one more year older, mashallah. You are now 15 or 16 or 17 or 18. And when you reach 18, mashallah, free now, mashallah. You don't need your parents, you don't need anyone anymore. Well, ayyadu billah. Right? But as Muslims, we look at it the other way. We look at it the every day that passes by, we are closer to the nihaya or the miqat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set for us. وَكَذَلِكَ dunya. The dunya passes day by day by day until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has appointed. And then on that day, when the when the surah, as in the next ayah, when it will blow, that's when the dunya will end and the akhirah will start. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us safe. Yawma, what does this yawma return to? Which yawm are we talking the about? Yawm al-Fasl, the one that in the aforementioned ayah. Inna yawm al-Fasli gana miqata. On that day what will happen? Yunfakh. Nafakha, yanfukhu nafakha. What does nafakha mean? Blow. Yawm yunfakhu on that day. Fissuri. Yunfakhu fissuri. Which blowing of the trumpet is this one? The first one or the second one? How many blows of the trumpet are there? Two, sah? The first one is for what? Yus'aqoon wa yamutoon. And when the trumpet was blown, they will be terrified and petrified and scared. And then they will be made to die. And the second blowing of the trumpet is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect them and that's when the hisab will start. And as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the Israfil, the Malak al-Muwakkal bil-Sur, he has his lips on the trumpet waiting for the command. That's how close the Day of Judgment is. But Israfil is waiting for the command from Allah just to blow on the trumpet. 
يوم ينفخ في الصور فتأتون أفواجا أفواجا ويقولون أفواجا صح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا أفواجا سيم أفواجا أفواجا means فتأتون أفواجا How are these crowds organized? According to what? The Mufassirun said that on this day when the Afwaj will come, each one will come according to the messenger that they were sent for, that was sent to them, and according to the book that ruled between them. For they will come in groups. And as the Prophet said, one Nabi, a Nabi will come, he will have with him one person. A Nabi will come, he will have no one with him. A Nabi will come and he will have a group of people. And Musa alayhi salam, he saw a sawad al-awam, a great black. That was his ummah. And the Prophet sallallahu saw his ummah as well. And he usriya For all of them will come according to their ummah, the, the Prophet that they came with. This is the afwad, this is the groups that they will come. وَفُتِحَتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ Harid Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described وَبَنَيْنَا فَوْقَكُمْ سَبْعًا شِدَادًا On the day of judgment, what will happen to it? This great sama that was held, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it with power and strength. On the day of judgment, it will be the opposite. And everything that we are used to in this dunya, that is normal and that we see every day, it will be the opposite on the day of judgment. Putihat means it will be opened. The sky that's closed now, it will be opened. Putihat is sama and it is like it has abwab. Putihat is sama fakanat abwaba, doors, entrances. And they said that this is so that the angels can come down. How? Allahu A'lam. But these gaps that Allah will make in the sky is that so the angels can come down. How did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe the jibal in the first ayah? They're very strong, well entrenched in the earth. The opposite of on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, what is the ayah? On the day of judgment, what will happen? Sarah, in the Arabic language, the verb Sarah means to depart, to go. Wasuyirat means that the mountains will be made to go, disappear. And as the, as the other ayats say, they will be crushed into dust, these strong mountains into dust, and they will be blown away. So now you see it and then you don't. This is why I said فَكَانَتْ sarada Mirage. What's the asal of a mirage? What happens when you're in the desert? Do you think water, but there's no water? It's an illusion. The reflection of the sun, but that you perceive that there's water there. But when you come closer, it goes away, disappears. There's no water there. You are dreaming. Same thing the mountains. They will pass by, you'll see them, and then they will be made to disappear as if it was a mirage. You saw it, and then you didn't see them anymore. وَسُيِّرَتِ الْجِبَالُ فَكَانَتْ سَرَابًا إِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ كَانَتْ مِرْصَادًا إِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ كَانَتْ مِرْصَادًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now describing the characteristics of the hellfire وَالْعِيَذُ بِاللَّهِ 
the following ayat he will describe the characteristics of Jannah and what the people of Jannah will get. Now he's describing what the hellfire will be like. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us from the punishment of the fire. Imagine that al-Jahannam mirsal. What's a mirsal? Imagine the fire is waiting for you, waiting for the kuffar. Inna jahannama kanat mirsal. It's waiting for them. It's in anticipation for them. This is how Jahannam will be. And even in the hadith of the Sirat when they are crossing, there are kalalib, or like hooks, which grapple the person from the Sirat if they are destined for the hellfire and drags them down into the hellfire. But it is anticipating, anticipating the disbelievers. Mirsada, inna jahannama kanat mirsada. Mirsada is like a trap or like an ambush or in anticipation. This is how Jahannam will be. وَأُزْلِفَتِ الْجَنَّةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ غَيْرَ بَعِيدٌ On the other hand, Jannah will be made to come closer to the believers. It will be made to come closer to the believers. For these are characteristics which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the paradise and has given the hellfire. إِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ كَانَتْ مِرْصَادًا the Prophet وسلم, when he prayed Salat al-Kusur, he was made to see the hellfire. He was made to see the hellfire. And he saw two things in the hellfire. The first thing he saw was a lady being punished because of a cat. A lady was being punished because of a, a cat. Why was she punished because of a cat? She tied the cat, she did not feed it, nor did she let it hunt for itself and find its own food. And this is like the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, For every kabid ratib, a kabid is like a liver. For every moist liver and every living human being, or every living being, there is a sadaqa if you do well towards it. And similarly, a man was made into Jannah because he gave water to a dog. For yes. even the Baha'im, the way you treat the animals, there is sadaqa and there is ajr and there is reward in them. Or there could be punishment as well. For the Prophet in his Salat al-Kusuf, he saw the lady being punished. And he also saw Amr ibn Luhayl dragging his intestines. He had his intestines and he was dragging them in the hellfire. And Amr ibn Luhayl, this Amr ibn Luhayl, he was the first person to introduce shirk to the Arabian Peninsula. When he went and visited the kings of, I think, Persia or the Romans, and he was very impressed with their statues and with their idols. And he carried one of them back on the camel, on his caravan. And he nas. And he said to them, this camel here now represents your wasita between Allah. Your, this statue represents your, yani the, the wasita or the, the middle, middle, middle thing between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And eventually this statue became two and three and four. And five and six until the time of the Prophet when he was born, there was 314 idols around the Kaaba. Around the Kaaba, the place of Tawheed, there was idols around. 
Till the Prophet saw him, saw him dragging his entrails in the hellfire because he was the first one that introduced shirk to the Arabian Peninsula. Taghin is plural of Taagh. A Taagh is someone who exceeded his boundaries. Inna lamma taghal ma'u hamalnaakum fi jariya. When the water reached the limits, that means the earth could no longer take the water of the flooding of Nuh alayhi salam. When it could no longer take the, the, the amount of water, it flooded. It went, transgressed the boundaries of what it could take. For the ones who, Taghun, they are the ones who transgress the boundaries set by Allah. And a person can transgress the boundaries set by Allah by not doing the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated on them or by doing the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden. This is in the haqq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the haqq of the human beings, you can also do tuqyan and that is through your by shedding their blood with the blood and with the wealth and the money you can transgress by stealing or by their honor transgressing their honor such as backbiting them or, or slandering them but these are all examples of how the had can be transgressed or and the boundaries which Allah has set whether it's in his haqq or the haqq of the Adamiyyin can be transgressed what does ma'aba mean? What's inaba? Repentance with hastiness. Turning to Allah with hastiness after committing a sin. Yes, this is inaba. But this is from the same meaning. Ma'aba means a place of return for them. Littaghina, we're still talking about the hellfire. Still talking about the hellfire. Ma'aba will be a place of return for the disbelievers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this ayah caused a lot of khilaf amongst the Mufassirun. They said, how can they be, how can the people of the hellfire be in the hellfire for a fixed period of time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the other ayat has said that they are in their khalideen fiha abada that they are in there for eternity forever yet this ayah says here la bithina they will stay in there ahqaba and al-huqub the Arabs in the Arabic language means a period of 80 years Hukub, one hukub is a period of 80 years. But in this ayah, ahqaba is what? The plural. That means they will be there in many ahqab. And as the Mufassirun said, 80 years, each year is 12 months. Each month, is 30 days and each day is equivalent to a thousand years. Al-fasanatin mimma ta'uddun. 
This is the day of judgment. But this is the ahqab that we're talking about here. The ayat which say that khalidina fiha abada. And this ayat, there is no there is no friction between them. They can be easily reconciled. As the Mufassirun said, this is a way of expressing something. Mubalagha. He's saying ahqaba. One age after another age after another age after another age for eternity. So just when you think that one age is finished, the next one comes. And then the next one will come. And the next one will come. And the next one will come, one will come for eternity. La that will stay in there. Ahqaba. And I just want to remind you quickly of a saying of Uthman ibn Affan he said. لو طهرت قلوبنا ما شبعت من كلام ربنا. He said, if our hearts were pure, they would never have enough of the book of Allah subhanahu wa taala. We would always want to read the Quran. We would always want to learn about the Quran. If our hearts were pure, and this is advice for myself and for my brothers, that before we come to the dars of the Quran, make lots of istighfar and pray two rak'at. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open for you. Because the Quran, it can be very easily read. And you can listen to a tafsir of the Quran. But when the, the thing that we want is for the Quran to touch our hearts. This is what's important. And there are people who do recite the Quran. But the Quran means nothing to them. It doesn't move them. It doesn't. وَلَا رُبَّمَا they took as a means of living. And he gets a good salary because he has memorized the Qur'an. But the beauty of the Qur'an and the intifa' of the Qur'an is that it enters the hearts and moves the hearts. This is what we want. If our hearts were pure, they would never ever have enough from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us with the blessings of the Quran and to guide us with the guidance of the Quran and to make this Quran a hujjah, an excuse for us, not against us. Ya Allah, 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 Allah,